A local bar and grill is begging for customers to come back after taking the woke side of the Bud Light controversy. Tucker Carlson's ouster has meant great news for Newsmax. Plus, Dr. Anthony Fauci tries to rewrite history. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news app. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with the ongoing fallout from the Bud Light controversy and how one bar in particular is begging its patrons to come back. Turns out that this establishment picked the wrong side, and now the bar is begging for forgiveness. As you recall, Bud Light decided, hey, here's a great idea. Let's throw profits away. Let's alienate our consumer base. Let's go woke instead. So the brand, through the marketing genius of its vice president, decided to hire transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney to pitch the product. You can't really blame the Bud Light VP, Alyssa Heinerscheid, for this move. She is who she is. It's the Anheuser-Busch management who hired her. What did they think they were going to get when they hired someone who makes statements like this? It's like we mm-hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what, is, what, do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Those comments should be setting off all kinds of warning bells. And in that interview, she also added this. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important (laughs) that we had another approach. Unfortunately for Bud Light, it turns out people actually like fratty, out of touch humor. What they don't like is companies pushing a left-wing social agenda down our throats. And that's exactly what Bud Light did. As you know, the fallout has been dramatic. Anheuser-Busch lost about $6 billion in market value, and the Bud Light boycotts continue with no signs of weakening. One local bar in Indiana, however, thought it could double down on that wokeness and not pay the price. After the Bud Light boycotts began, the Fairfax Bar and Grill in Bloomington, Indiana, put out a statement saying, due to all the bigotry and hatred that has surfaced around the Bud Light controversy, any patron wanting to voice their concerns about the issue will be immediately asked to pay their bill and leave the establishment. What's interesting is earlier in that statement, the bar said it is very open to debate and discussion. Sure doesn't seem that when you're throwing people out who are voicing concerns over the issue. The resulting outrage over this policy resulted in a dramatic loss of business to the point where the bar and grill issued a second statement saying it was hurting financially and it needs new customers. The second statement did still maintain that the establishment will not allow hate, which is just code for yes, you still can't have an open discussion, just drink the Bud Light. Finally, since that statement went over badly too, and the bar and grill is still bleeding customers, it issued a third statement, toning things down even more. This time, the statement read, What I really want to convey is this, just be respectful. Different opinions are welcome here, as long as they are delivered respectfully. Oh my gosh, (laughs) actual discussions are okay? It's funny how open discussions only resulted from this woke business losing business. 
And that's what it's going to take. The left will keep pushing messages we don't want, movies we don't want, activism we don't want, as long as they think they can get away with it. We are that check against the left. And if we exert our influence, they will be forced to listen. All right, next let's talk about the Tucker Carlson fallout. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, let's talk about the Tucker Carlson fallout after he was suddenly removed from his show following his Friday broadcast on April 21st. By most accounts, Carlson thought he'd have a nice weekend and be back to work on Monday, but then he got the news. Now keep in mind that Tucker was not actually fired. His current contract supposedly runs until late 2024 after the elections. He's not doing his show, but he is still under that contract, which makes it kind of impossible for him to do something else at another network or do something independently until that contract issue can be resolved. One thing is clear for sure. The executives at Fox News, in particular the Murdoch family members, seriously underestimated the reaction from Fox News viewers. Kind of sounds like Anheuser-Busch with Bud Light, doesn't it? Fox has lost close to $2 billion in market value following Carlson's ouster, and the ratings are crashing. You know what? When you go woke, you go broke, and they 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 want they want to come to hear the news. They want to they want people to decide and not have it shoved down your throat. The network's viewership at Fox News is down. Tucker's slot there seeing a 41 percent decrease in viewers from the previous two weeks. Of course, this is great news for other news outlets, in particular Newsmax, which has seen a dramatic rise in its viewers. But let, what if Tucker actually went to 8 p.m. on Newsmax? Our friend Eric Bowling is there now, who we both love. But I'm just saying, what if he did move to 8 and let's say Eric moved to 9? Um, just this past week, during the 8 p.m. hour, Eric Bowling averaged 562,000 viewers. Last Tuesday, he averaged 122,000. So the, the Fox News audience is going click and moving yeah. over to Newsmax right now. Imagine if it were Tucker in that spot. So, Eric Bowling's show is climbing like crazy, and here are some other results. 8 p.m. hour, that's Bowling, up 261%. Total day, up 113%, and prime time is up 220%. That's just incredible. And even late-night comedians are taking notice of Newsmax. Grandpa Joe, as you know, has a different approach. He spent some time with the kids, he's very nice, and uh, even let him do a little Q&A. What do I say? Whatever you want to say. You want to make a speech? Uh, yes. What's your name? Yuri. Did you have a question? Yeah. You want to tell me what it is? Where's Hunter? Where the f*** is Hunter? Can't answer that one. Well, it sounds like that child has been watching Newsmax or something. Yes, Kimmel was making fun of Newsmax, but I guarantee the Newsmax executives were loving it. I'm not sure where Tucker will end up, Fox News is hurting, that's for sure, and Newsmax is definitely receiving a big boost. The main point is just like with Bud Light, the powers that be at Fox Corporation greatly underestimated the passions and actions of their viewers. All right, next Dr. Anthony Fauci was making the rounds on CNN as he tries to rewrite history for some of his past comments on masks, vaccines, lockdowns, transmissions, you name it. This particular time, Fauci was talking about school closures, which had a devastating impact on our kids and were completely unnecessary. 
Statistically, kids don't get sick or die from COVID. They are the worst transmitters of COVID. That's the science. That's the data. Instead, schools were closed, and even when they were open, kids were masked up all day long, which is incredibly unhealthy. But here's Fauci now. Go and look at the tape, <laughs> you know, the tale of the tape, when I kept on saying over and over again, we've got to get the children back to school as quickly as possible. We've got to get them in school safely, and we've got to make sure that they are not essentially out of school, at home, getting all of the negative consequences. Wow. First of all, it's easy to say we need kids back in school as quickly as possible. That's a meaningless statement. Fauci would also say over and over again, the pandemic is still here. We can't rush. We need to be cautious. All of that led to schools continuing to stay closed based on Fauci's statements. Here's more. Different parts of the country interpreted that differently. There were schools that stayed closed far too long and longer than they should have. And there were those that essentially didn't close at all. You know, my daughter is a school teacher in New Orleans. They closed down for two weeks and were essentially open for the rest of the time at other and schools. And the result was? And the result was, you know, they didn't do too badly. Are you kidding me? Wouldn't it have been part of Fauci's job to then inform the other states, hey, kids are fine, open up, everything will be okay? That's exactly what he did not do. Instead, through his actions, businesses were closed, some forever. Schools were closed. People were masked up, and Americans were shamed into getting a vaccine that does not prevent infection or transmission. The whole basis of vaccine mandates was that people were told to get it so they wouldn't spread it to others. That action had no basis in fact or science. But here's Fauci trying to rewrite history. All right, next, well, it happened again, this time in women's cycling. Austin Killips, who is a man was allowed to compete in the Tour of the Gila cycling event in the women's division. He won the race. Actually, let me say that he was declared the winner because Marcella Prieto actually won and Cassandra Nelson finished second. But because of these Twilight Zone times that we're living in, those two each got bumped down and the women's champion is a man. This means that there's another woman out there who should be standing on the podium, but she's not because a man took her place. Now, the race and the guy's sponsor, the Amy D Foundation, are taking heat on social media. Here's one tweet that really sums things up. It's a historic day. For the first time, a man has won the UCI Cycling Women's Tour of the Gila. Thank you, Amy D Foundation, for making this possible. It's insane, folks, and yet the left not only expects all of us to be okay with this, but they always portray an easy common sense solution as not being possible because the issue is so complex and has differing opinions, etc. That's bogus. This is easy. Men are different than women and men should not be competing against women. It's as simple as that. Yet the competition director of the race said that he encourages a dialogue on this issue. The world has questions and people would like to talk and there should be an honest and respectful way for people to speak. It's not so much about changing rules, it's about speaking um, concerns of teams and athletes and sponsors and trans athletes. In announcing the race winner on Twitter, the race's Twitter account limited comments to the post, 
which certainly did not go unnoticed. Hey, tour of the Gila, the very fact you prevented any replies to what surely should be a popular tweet shows us that you know what you are doing is wrong. We see you, so does your conscience. Great comments. And once again, we see that women are being pushed aside to advance an agenda of men who think they are women. And these men are winning races and championships. We've seen it here in cycling. We've seen it in swimming, running, powerlifting, wrestling, fighting, and more. I know what it is like to train and to compete. And the only thing we as athletes ever want is a fair playing field. That's it. Well, this is fundamentally not fair. And yet the left keeps pushing it. And just recall, the recently passed Protect Women's Sports Bill in the U.S. House didn't have one Democrat vote for it. Not one. That shows you exactly where the so-called party of women really is. And just one note, I had a chance to speak on this issue and others during our county's Lincoln-Reagan dinner. If you'd like to see it, just click on the link right here or look at the link in the description. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.